have income and, and, and you know, our health, our, all the different things that come into our lives. It, it's miraculous what God does on a consistent basis. And this month, we are focused on miracles and the miracle of Christmas. And how can we move toward a miracle? And there's a card inside your uh, handout once again today. And what I'd like for you to do, if you didn't already do this last week, is fill that out with two different things. It talks about a, my miracle and what I want a, as a miracle. Write down, first of all, what you would like God to do in your life or in your family. What are you believing God for uh, this December? Uh, what would you love for God to do in your household or, or, or for you personally during this month? And then be praying about it every day. Be asking God just to bring that about in your life. And then the second thing that I'd like for you to write down is who you could be a miracle to. Not just what God wants to do in you, but what God can do through you. And so you might write down the name of a neighbor, or maybe you don't even know their name yet. You just see them drive in their driveway, and God's put them upon your heart, and, and you think, boy, I need to go over and meet those people, you know? I need to go over and invite them to Christmas Eve services at Crossroads. We've got three different identical services that they could pick from and choose from, and, and so uh, you could take that opportunity to share with them. Or uh, perhaps it's, it's a person you've met in the community. Perhaps it's somebody that's a relative that's away from church, away from God, and you, you think maybe God would use me to draw them back to him during this Christmas season. You know, last week we shared about that, and there were different people that had, you know, maybe a healing they were wanting to receive, or a financial miracle, or a relational miracle, or whatever. We all have different things. But my concern, and what I want to talk about today, is not missing our miracle. Because I believe we can miss our miracle. We can miss the opportunity. Many people were alive when Jesus was born, but only certain people recognized him for who he was. Only certain ones. Even when he lived and when he taught, only certain people recognized him. Even after he rose from the dead, still only certain people still recognized him for who he was. I don't want to miss out on what God has for me this December. How about you? I said, I don't want to miss out on what God has for me this December. How about you? How about you? How about you? Huh? And, and so, so let's get ready for what God has to do. So today we're going to look at the Christmas story again. And we're not going to look at the exact story. So hang on. Christmas Eve, we'll get there. Okay, the baby Jesus in a cradle and all that good stuff. All right, we'll, we'll get there. But in the meantime, last week... We looked at pre-Christmas, if you were here with us. We talked about uh, Jesus 
uncle and aunt and how they were expecting God to do something great in their lives. They had not been able to have kids. And then all of a sudden, God did a miracle. And and they were going to give birth to the child that was going to get the earth ready for Jesus. Are you kidding me? Is that an awesome kid or what? I mean, your kid gets to be the forerunner, the, the one that sets the stage for the greatest entrance of any child ever in the history of the earth. That's your kid gets to do that. Five of you are excited about that. All right. So anyway, you had to be here last week. So, so today we're going to talk about eight days after the birth of Christ, all right, this eight days after, but it's right there around the Christmas story, so if you're familiar with the Bible, it's Luke chapter 2, so if you have a Bible with you or you've got the Bible on a device, Luke chapter 2, and we'll get there in a moment, this is going to be about Simeon today who was ready for the birth of Jesus, and he had been ready for a long, long, long time. Time. Next week, we're going to talk about how do you wait for your miracle. All right, so don't miss next week because it's so important to know how to wait for a miracle. But today, we're going to get ready for our miracle. So Luke chapter 2, if, they, if you don't have a Bible, don't have it with you, they'll have it up on the screen. Here we go. At that same time, there was a man in Jerusalem Named Simeon. Now, I just got to stop here because I did this in the first service. I didn't intend to. But let me just say, if I didn't believe the Bible was true and I just watched CNN, I would have to believe the Bible's true. Because why did they just keep talking about this Jerusalem place? You know, why? it's such a little city on the planet and it's in this town, you know, in this community that Israel and all, they're not that big, you know, or whatever. Why do we have to, why CNN, other Fox News, whatever, why do they have to talk about uh, Jerusalem? I'll tell you why, because God talked about it, right? And, and so it's just crazy. I mean, if I didn't believe the Bible was true, I'd just believe it because I watched CNN, you know, or, or Fox News. I just think, well, that's, it's got to be true because why do they keep talking about Jerusalem 2,000 years later? So anyway, here's Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Uh, at that time, there's a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And, and so the Messiah is the sent one. It is the, the Savior, the Redeemer, the one that's to come to rescue the people of Israel, they believed. And so he's believing and believing and believing that, that this miracle is going to happen. And Simeon, and we'll get here in a moment, he encounters his miracle. He gets to encounter the miracle of Jesus. And there's no bigger miracle than encountering the miracle of Jesus. Am I right? 
Anybody ever have a bigger miracle than that in your life? No, you're not going to have one. Because to encounter Jesus is the biggest miracle you could ever have in your life. So to get us ready and, and to help us, we're going to look at Simeon's life. Because here's how to not miss your miracle. First thing to write down if you're taking notes is prioritize your partnership. Prioritize your partnership. We come into partnership with God. You know, Cassie was talking about it earlier in receiving the offering, how that when we give, we partner with the church, but we're actually partnering with God, and then we're touching the world as a result. And so uh, the implications of what we do together are incredible as we come into this partnership, and God has called you, he's called me, and this is, just blows my mind, he calls us into a partnership with himself. Now, there's been some great partnerships down the years, all right? Uh, here's maybe a few that you might be familiar with, uh, and we'll pull them up on the screen. Here, here's one. Yeah. Recognize those two? Okay. Who, who is that? Chip and Dale. Yeah, you guys are sh so sharp. Uh, and then here's another one. You know, there's the Kimasabi, right? Tonto, Lone Ranger. But here's my personal favorite. Yeah, the dynamic duo, right? Uh, there are partnerships that, that you know, were, were so successful uh, down through the ages of time. And, and so here's the thing is God is your partner. And in other words, God's not just your partner part of the time. Uh, anybody who's been married longer than a week, how many of you know you can't just have a partner part of the time, right? You can't just say, you know, part of the time I'm going to do for you, right? Is that the key to a wonderful marriage? No, that's a, that's a key to, you know, uh, sleeping outside, you know. Uh, you've got to put that other person's first and, and, and put them ahead of yourself. And, and here's the thing about God. God, we learned this several weeks ago when, when we had a message during the, the last series that God will not be second place. There'll be, there's things that God won't do. God won't take second place or third place, fourth place or whatever in our lives. And so God needs to be the driver of your car, not the spare tire of your car. As you cruise down through life, some of us, instead of having God as the driver, the initiator, the one leading, guiding, directing our lives, it's kind of like, oh, it's bad. We better get God out of the trunk. You know, we better start praying now. We better start going to church now. We better, you know, uh, wouldn't it be better if you already had God driving the car? Hello? I, I mean, is, is, is God there not just when you are facing a layoff, you know, or there's turbulence on the plane? Oh, Jesus, you know how I love you, you know. Save us. And so is he the last resort or is he Lord of your life. For me, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I wish I was more consistent. I wish I was 100% consistent on that. 
But I, I don't know about you, but, but I'm, I'm not quite 100%. There's days when I do a little better than other days. There's even parts of days I do better than other parts. You know, I, I wish I was 100%. I wish I just, you know, every five seconds I'm just, oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you're with me. Jesus, you're still with me. And you're still with me, you know. And I'm still talking to you. And Jesus, you're still there. When, you know, I, I wish I was just doing that all day long. But I don't. And there's times when I'll see somebody and they'll be coming to me. And I'll be like, oh, dang, I was supposed to pray for them. And I'll be, I'll be like, uh, oh, Jesus, touch them right now. And then they'll come to me and say, oh, Pastor Craig, you know, I put that prayer request in. I know you've been praying for me. Yes, I have. Yep, sure have. Five seconds ago, I was praying for you. You know, and, and all. I wish that I was more consistent. I wish I was 100% all the time. But, but there's days when I'm not as much. But I'll tell you what's helped me is a lot of times I can get up and just get going on my phone and, you know, look at Facebook or look at, you know, my, my news apps or different things or who texted me or whatever. And, and here's what I've started doing. I've started saying, you know what, I'm going to make a promise to my phone. And I do this with devices for purity reasons. But, but beyond that, I also made a covenant with my phone. And I, I'm trying to do better with this. And that's that the first thing I'm going to see on my screen in the mornings is a scripture. Because I have a scripture sent to my phone every day. And, and so every day through version, I'm getting a scripture. And what I do is I say, you know what? Before I go checking out this or that or the other and get all caught up in different things, I, I, I need to see. I need to focus on God's word. And here's what I found out. If I'll do that, my day goes better. If I'll do that, if I'll just focus on God's word first, you know, there's just a power in putting him first. When you put the first day of the week and you say, you know what, I could do a lot of different things, but I'm going to church. You know, I, and, you know, I could do a lot of things with the first of my income, but I'm going to give it to God. And, and, you know, I could do a lot of things with my phone the first part of the day, but I'm going to read a scripture first. There's just something about putting God first. First and making him the priority of your life. And here's what I think you'll find. The more you do that, the more you'll experience of God in your life. Does that make sense? That, that you just set yourself up because here's what successful people do. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. In other words, can you go to the health club today and work out for eight hours and be in shape? Ten hours. Huh? No, wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be better if you just went like every other day for 30 minutes for the rest of the month and into the new year? Wouldn't that be better than, than just going there for eight hours, ten hours or whatever? Yeah, I, I saw this the other day on, on YouTube, and you, you can go there and you, you can check it out. This guy wanted to get better at ping pong, okay, table tennis. And, and so he was terrible. He's lousy at it. And, and, and so what he said is, you know, I wonder if I played ping pong 30 minutes a day, every day, for a year, 
how much I could improve. And so every day, he and this other guy, they filmed this. And, and so you can see it in time lapse and, and how awful he was at the first of the year. And then how much better he was at the end of a year doing ping pong. Now, let me tell you something. If it works for ping pong, all right, I think it might work for spiritual things as well. How might your year go next year? Just think about this, just a thought. If you would spend 10 minutes or 15 minutes a day reading God's Word in a meditative mode saying, God, speak to me through this scripture. God, God, share with me what you want me to know. And if you just took 10 to 15 minutes a day, not not read for eight hours one day and then don't read anymore. You know, just if you just read 10 minutes a day, if you just took that time for 10 minutes a day, how much what would this church be like if everybody in this church did that next year? Hey, let's find out, all right? You know, just sign up for a version uh, Bible, uh, you know, app to, to give you a daily schedule of reading. It's as easy as that. Or go out here and get a one-year Bible or do something. Do something and see what God will do because it's, there's power in consistency. And Simeon was every day waiting for the Savior to show up. Every day, this could be it. Okay, it wasn't. Every day, just expecting. But you know what? One day, one day it was. One day it happened. Here's the second thing to write down is dial it down. All right? So turn to the person next to you and say, you got to dial it. You got to dial it down. Okay, you got to dial it down. You got to slow down the pace. You know, we live in a day and age where we just want to go faster, faster, faster. I saw a picture the other day of some kind of souped-up shopping cart. It's supposed to be the fastest shopping cart in the world. You know, it had like a jet engine on it. I don't know how you even hang on to the thing while you're going through the store. But it's, it's the season of the hustle and bustle, right? And, and the holidays can help us feel rushed. And if we're not intentional about it and slowing down, we can miss some of what God wants to show us through this time of the year. We can be so busy trying to make Christmas happen that we actually miss the miracle of Christmas happening in us. In our hearts and in our lives. Let's take, pick it up with Simeon again in verse 27. Here's what it says. That day. Okay, finally that day happened. Because if, if you get yourself positioned. I don't know when your miracle will happen. I don't know what, what might take place. I don't know when God's going to use you to be a miracle to your neighbor. Or, or to that, that server in the restaurant. Or, or that relative or whatever. I don't know what day that might be. But there will be a day. And that day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He was there. And he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying this, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. 
He, he, he rejoiced. He's the light to reveal God to the nations. He's the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. I mean, they're like, okay, this, this is crazy. We had angels. We had, you know, shepherds and stuff. Now this preacher, he's like all excited about our kid. And he's like, finally, he got here. This is him. This is the one. And, and so he's all excited about what God is going to do through this child. But the reason it happened is because Simeon was dialed in. And see, the way to dial it in for many of us is we need to dial it down first. Because we've got to slow down. We have to slow down because many of us are just trying to learn how to live it faster, right? How can I live a little faster? What what can I do to speed things up? And Jesus says, you know what? He says, "When, when people come to me, I just wish they'd come to me like kids with a childlike faith. You know, because sometimes we just need to breathe. We've got coaches to help people breathe. Did you know that? And you know what? It's because they say most of us don't breathe. We breathe shallow. And here's why. Because many of us live shallow lives. We don't breathe deep. We don't live deep. We don't get ready for the deep moments of life to happen to us. Talking about a childlike faith and going back to childhood. I read this. This week, here's what somebody wrote. They said, sometimes I want to be like a kid again. See if you can identify with this. I want to go back to a time when decisions were made by going eeny, meeny, miny, moe. When mistakes were corrected by simply exclaiming, do over. When a race issue meant arguing about someone who ran faster. When money issues were handled by whoever it was that was the banker in Monopoly. When being old referred to anyone over 20. When the worst thing you could catch from the opposite sex was cooties. When it was magic when when dad would remove his thumb. It was a big deal to finally be tall enough to ride the big people rides. When getting a foot of snow was a dream come true. When baseball cards in the spokes of a bicycle could transform it into a motorcycle. When taking drugs meant orange flavored chewable aspirin. Remember that? So to get ready, we, we, to bring back the wonder, I think we have to have that childlike faith that's, that slows down through the season especially that God is our heavenly father and we are his children. And talking about uh, a faith of, of maturity and, and, and just developing us, C.S. Lewis In his great writing, which I would highly recommend, Mere Christianity, it's an awesome book. He he said this, there's just one quote, when he talks about finding a follower of Jesus. He says, "I, I think you'll notice this about a true follower of Jesus. They will not be very like the idea 
of religious people which you have formed from your general reading. They do not, listen to this, they do not draw attention to themselves. You tend to think you are being kind to them when they are really being kind to you. You, you think that you love them more than other men do. Or they love you, excuse me, they love you more than other men do, but they need you less. They usually seem to have a lot of time, and you will wonder where it comes from. Mm. He says, you know, they, they don't seem rushed. When you're in the presence of someone who's in the presence of Jesus, they just don't seem rushed. And, and you think you're being kind to them, but they're really being kind to you. And I don't know, when I read things like that, that's how I want to be. I want to be more of that. I want more of that in my life. The other day, I'm at Walmart. And I know I don't have to be there. I chose to be. Okay, so spare me. Anyway, I, I'm there, and, and I, love, I love the self-checkout because then I can control how I get out of the store. You know, I just love that area, and I know I've got issues, control issues, so you can pray for me about that. But, but I like being in control, so I always, you know, as long as I don't have a whole lot in my cart, I'm going to the self-checkout. And, and so I'm headed there, and it's already lined up to get into the area, the holding area, you know, for the, for the self-checkout people. And so it's backed up a couple people, and I'm pushing up there, and I notice out of my peripheral vision Two women coming perpendicular, you know, to the side, coming over. And I thought, I, they are not getting in this line. I, I know they cannot be getting in this line. This line, everybody, everybody, everybody knows at Walmart, the line goes toward the back of the store. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it goes this way. It does not come around that way, you know. And here they come. And I thought, sure enough. They're going to think they're getting in this line. And I thought, do I run? <laughs> you know? And I thought, no, 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 I'm going to run. And, I just got, and we got there, oh, you know, maybe a split second apart. They might have beat me by half a second. And I thought, now what? Because I, I could see they were just trying to play it cool. Like, yeah, we just rolled up here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're over here. And by now, I got people behind me. The correct way to be lined up in the store. They're lined up behind me. They're not lined up behind you because you are wrong, you know. But I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And so I'm just thinking, I'm processing this. And I thought, now what's going to happen when, they, when we get into the holding area, you know. And, and, all. and so eventually, somebody went, and so the person in front of me goes, and I thought, here it is. It's on, you know. <laughs> and so I'm getting ready to push, but I could see her hurry up and push in front of me. And as she did, she looked <laughs> over at me. And I want you to know that your pastor just smiled at her. I didn't say anything, you know, I, 
I'm going to tell you what I was thinking. <laughs> Praying that her wheels fall off her cart or anything like that. No, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing that. But, but anyway, here, here's what ran through my head. Here's what ran through my head. If, if I'm so busy that being one person delayed in an area where eight different checkouts are going on at the same time and who knows who's going to get out first and whatever, if I'm that upset, if I could get upset about that, I am going way too fast in life. And some of you, what you need to do this month, maybe especially, just take a month and drive in the slow lane. Or drive the speed limit and, and slow down and, and just let, let uh, God just help you to walk slowly. Because here's the thing. When I read about Jesus, Jesus walked slowly through the crowd. So he didn't want to miss anything. I wonder how many of us miss something. Because we go too fast and we don't slow down to allow God to show us our miracle. Here's the last thing to write down is let it shine. Say that with me. Let it shine. Some of you are ready to sing, aren't you? Let it shine. All right. We got to share the miracle with other people. Here, here it is in Luke chapter 2 verse 34 says, Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. He said, This boy is a miracle. That's another word for sign. He's a sign from God. See, every miracle God does in your life, it's a sign to point you toward God and to point other people in your life toward God. To show God in your life, through your life for others. To help others to see the light because he says he'll be a light of revelation. And how many of you can say that there was a day when darkness was all you knew? There was darkness in your life. There was maybe darkness in your marriage. There was darkness to the left. There was darkness to the right. There was darkness up. There was darkness down. There wasn't anything really happening in your life. But one day, one day, just like that day, Jesus walked into your life and brought his light, his power his goodness in your life and life's never been the same again oh man God wants to do that not just in you but he wants to do it in our community and in closing here here's what I want to say about this last week I mean a bunch of people got the opportunity there were scores of people serving last Saturday they could have been shopping they could have been getting their Christmas on and doing whatever but they came here and served families in our community to show the love of Jesus to people here. You guys gave, I think it was 457 gifts to those kids. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 
I mean, to shine the light of Jesus at this season. And then we've got this miracle offering. This is just another example of how to be a miracle. It's a miracle when we all release what's in our hand to God. It's a miracle when each of us participate in this year-end miracle offering. Now, if you're a guest, we don't expect you to give. We're just glad you're here. And maybe a year from now, you'll be excited about the miracle offering. Because every year, at the end of the year, here's what we do as a church. Is we end the year saying, what could we do more? What could, how could we just go out with a bang this year? How could we bless people in Peru next summer? With a group of people that would go down there and help rebuild a church. Let me tell you something. I can take you today to the Dominican Republic, to Via Tapia, down in the Dominican Republic. I can take you to a place where my eyes saw it myself. Nothing there, just brush, just dirt. And a pastor was there who had a vision who said, I believe we can reach these kids in my community if we could have some help. And we started as a church going down there year after year. Now I can take you so many years later to a beautiful children's building, to a playground, to all the fenced-in compound of a safe place that is a kid magnet for that whole area of the Dominican Republic where day after day after day, Kids come to Jesus where they find light in such a darkened area where a place where it was just trash and garbage and broken glass and all of that now is a playground to the glory of God. Why? Because you people gave, you people went and made a difference. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. And and another miracle, here's a miracle for you is to join life builders over this next year we talked about that there's a card that you got handed today some of you you're going to give up a latte this next year every week for jesus for life builders because you know a five dollar coffee would do so much there's about a thousand people that attend crossroads church in a month think if a thousand people gave an extra five dollars next year every week What would that do? It wouldn't just touch the Dominican Republic. It wouldn't just touch Peru. It wouldn't touch just Avon. It would touch the world for the glory of God. There's no no, measure to what we could accomplish. And then here's one more thing, one more thing. There are three cards somewhere around you. Invite cards. This won't cost you a dime, okay? You, You can just... Take these cards and and to people you meet over the next two weeks, you could have one of those cards with you and say, hey, I'd like to invite you to one of our Christmas Eve services. This year, our church is doing three different services. You can just pick whichever one works for you, but I would love to see you there. I'd love for you to be my guest at my church. I think you'll love it as we celebrate Christmas together. I'm telling you, God not only wants to do a miracle in you, he wants to do a miracle through you to touch other people's lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the miracle of your son, Jesus, that that we have had the opportunity to hear the story of your incredible love that you would come into the world to redeem us 
And then to have the opportunity to share with others, to be the light to somebody else. But God, uh, many of us would just be honest and say, we get too fast and too furious in life. And too often we miss our miracle. We miss the people that are standing along the sidelines. And, and God, for some of us today, it's a matter of reprioritizing our lives and who's really in first place. So, God, I I just ask that you'll help us today to put you first and foremost and that we will slow down and let your light shine through us this season. If you're here today and you say, Craig, that's me. I I don't want to get going too fast this season, but what God can use my life to touch someone else. I want to slow down enough to where the light of Jesus shines up, not only in my life, but through my life to touch someone else around me. How many join me in that prayer? You just raise a hand up toward God today. Hands all over this room. Father in heaven, I pray that you will use us because we live in a, in a, in a, in a culture of darkness. We, we need you, God. We need you. And, and so we ask that you'll shine through us this season. And God, just help us to slow down. Slow down enough to where you can use us to bring a miracle to somebody else. And maybe, God, some of us, we just need to reprioritize our lives because some things have gotten juggled around and you're not in the first place anymore. And so, God, I pray that you'll help us to do that. So however this message lands today, I pray that we'll take action on it. Maybe others of you are here today and you would say, Craig, there's, there's darkness in my life. I I don't feel like I have God's light just beaming in my life today. Maybe you did at one point in time. Maybe at one point in time you had a relationship with God, but somehow things got in the way and stuff happened, and, and, and next thing you know, you drifted away. But if you're here this morning and you'd say, Craig, I, I don't want to drift anymore. I want I want to rededicate my life to God or I want to come to God I, I need God to bring his light his hope his peace his love his existence into my life today and I want that right here right now if that's you would you just raise a hand and say yes that's me this morning yes 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 I see those hands yes over here how many others yes down here God bless you guys how many others alright several hands around the room God bless you All right, those who raise their hand and everybody else, just pray this prayer together to give courage to those who raise their hand. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for the darkness in my life. I know I've sinned, but today I want to start over. I want a relationship with you. So I ask you to wash away my past. Free me of my guilt. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for bringing your light into my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's.